Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. Yo, what up, sports fans? What's bapping? I, I realized something, Stefan. My name is Aaron, by the way. And I'm um, Stefan. And I'm sorry, I was, yeah, just, I was sneezing. This is, I hate this there. team. I, I, the Canucks are like undefeated since I started saying what's bapping. I think you're right. They haven't lost yeah. in regulation since what, October 19th, I think is what it was. It's been a while. It's been almost it's been three very weeks, nice, which is crazy. It rocks, actually. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the. <laughs> That game against Edmonton on uh, Monday, where they came back from being down one nothing and being outshot by what was Wonderful. it nineteen to two? Nineteen to the two. First, they, first they ten even, minutes, it evened out. You know. Yeah. No, they haven't lost in regulation since. Yeah, the Tampa loss yeah. on uh, October nineteenth. Yeah. But uh, that is the most fun I've had watching hockey. Oh. Since game two of the Stanley Cup finals in 2011. I think you're, I think you legitimately might be right. Like, I think watching the Sedin's final game was not fun, but it was like cool, you know? Yeah. Um, but this is just like, oh my God, everything about it was so good. Like that, you know, the fact that they're beating Edmonton and, you know, sending their fans into like an existential crisis, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Campbell getting waved the next day, even though he didn't even play that night, like just a lot of very funny stuff happened. Seeing McDavid and Drysaddle melt down was wonderful. I mean, again, I'm going to keep repeating myself. I still think Edmonton will probably make the playoffs. Like, I think those two players are just too good for that not to happen. Mm-hmm. But, and I, I think they will, their goaltending should even out to like closer to NHL average. Probably if it doesn't though, they're totally fucked. But that was, yeah, it was just it, so much fun. It was great. I mean, the, the, Everything, like they're super far behind it. now, but you think that there's probably enough true talent there just for McDavid and Drysaddle that yeah. like they can string together like a super hot stretch in well, December, or January, and and like McDavid is clearly still hurt too, right? Yes. So I I think like when he's fully healthy, I mean, look, they're playing San Jose tomorrow. San Jose, mm-hmm. who is no longer winless, they beat Philadelphia, um, which of course very funny. Now, I believe if they beat Edmonton, I saw people on Twitter posting about this, and I saw this in the Discord. If they beat Edmonton, are they ahead of them in the standings? I, I think they would have played a, an it, extra game, oh, okay. but they would, they'd be winning the head-to-head, the head-to-head matchup. matchup. So I don't know how they do the, the tiebreaker in the, the right. standings. Okay. Um, it, it probably because like they have a lower points percentage. Right, but it I is mean, very funny way, that very, it's, it's it's funny uh, that they're that close, you know. Yeah, it's the two two worst teams in the NHL. Face it, man. San Jose has a minus forty two goal differential. Um, I, they're so bad, man. They, I mean, Philadelphia played like absolute shit, obviously. But um, I, God, if they beat Edmonton, it's still just going to be. Even though it won't be their first win, it will still be extremely funny. Oh yeah, this will be very funny. I'm definitely going to be like cheering for him after the uh, the Canucks play the Senators. But I I think it's been really fun just letting your mind wander with like the team being this good. And I guess I know logically that 
that Quinn Hughes isn't going to finish with 160 points or whatever, most likely. Yeah. Who knows the rate that he's playing. But a lot of talk about like expected goals and whatever else, right? Yeah. I've I've learned a bit about expected goals and a lot of it's based off of like shot location data. Yes. Right? Which early in the season there's there's less of and it's like it's funneling data more. And so something Drance was saying is that you're better off early in the season looking at Corsi because you have the most data from it. Okay. And um Corsi wise they're doing a bit better, right? Yeah, so five five on five score and venue adjusted Corsi, which would be like the most neutral how they're playing at five on five stat. Yeah. They're at just under fifty one percent, fifty point nine six. Okay. Yeah. That's that's fine. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, 48% of scoring chances of five and five. So that, that if nothing else fucking and like just even strength period, not yeah. just five on five, 49% Corsi. Um, granted they've got 74% of the goals at five on five. Yeah. But I think if you take average, even strength, right. For like shot attempts. Yeah. And then on top of it, you stack elite goaltending and good special teams like i think the the power play is potentially special yeah and the penalty kill has been fine yeah i mean it's not like like the 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 big crazy thing looking at the canucks is like their goal differential right yeah which i mean the the big stat that's been going around is like a team hasn't had this goal differential this deep into the season since the uh 84 85 oilers and I, I doubt that they're that. I don't but think I, they're not on pace for 130 points in the season. No, think, there is but. something about how Quinn Hughes has been playing where it's like this. This is like a really, really special player. I mean, he's just so good is the thing, right? Like, he's, yeah. he's just really, really good. And like watching him out there control the play. Um, where was the stat? I saw a really crazy stat. I think it was a Justin Bourne article on uh, on Sportsnet. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, yeah, he did, he did an article looking at like kind of the underlying numbers on the, on the Canucks start. And his general feel for the team right now is like they probably will keep it going, like not to the same extent, but like they're a good team. Like, yeah. They're not like that insanely good, but their offense should still be like top half of the league. Their defense is top half of the league and their goaltending is like top five in the league, right? Yeah. But the Quinn, Which... the Quinn Hughes stat I saw... Um, in terms of, so Stathletes has a raw stat. It's called puck mm-hmm. carries. How many times has each player carried the puck this season? Hughes uh, sits at 579 carries. And mm-hmm. the next closest player is Shea Theodore, uh, who's about 90 fewer times than that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, like him being paired with Ronick has just let him like, so blossom good, so much better. He had a really cool quote uh, where he was asked about... Um, for most of his career, he's been put up against like bigger, more like defensive defensemen, and then yeah. or, wor- or worse when, players, when, depending on how you look. Yeah. at Yeah, like you. But like the the, the trends were was that there were big guys that could like just you know ideally stand up in the own zone and like take over the defensive bit, and then yeah. uh, starting with when he was paired with Ethan Bear, which I think was originally a Bruce Bruce Boudreau thing, but I know talk it continued with that uh, yeah. down the stretch last season. He's been with more of a puck mover. He was asked about that, that and like how that's helped his game. And um, he said, 
and specifically about like not being with a defensive guy and he said i am a defensive guy yeah which i think is so yeah i badass. love that he thinks that because <laughs> it is true like it, it honestly you watch him play you'll see him like at least like three times a game make just an absolutely like like so impressive just like poke check or defensive play like he's his gap control is so good he's always in the right place at the right time uh even if he fucks up he's so good at like recovering too like he's mm-hmm. and he's like the rare player and Pedersen is like this too I think where they're fun to watch defensively also you know yeah super fun yeah and and if ever Quinn Hughes does like some slight little fuck up I'd say 80% of the time he recovers just by like kicking the puck or like taking it back away from the player that like took it away from him yeah which is always like fun to see how he recovers as well but I guess back to the point that I was trying to make is you have an average team yeah at five on uh, even strength. Yeah. Uh, and then you have a couple of really elite pieces on top of that with an elite goaltender. Yeah. That's a team that I feel could do some damage, which is weird. Cause if you'd asked me like four weeks ago, I'd say there's no fucking way, but I think like, as I've gotten older, yeah, I've also got more vibes based when it comes yes. to hockey and winning. Yeah. And it just seems like obviously vibes can change. But everything coming out about like how competitive they are and the anecdotes from practice and how competitive practice is and players staying late and getting there early. And then you hear what happened with that 2011 team and how they always push themselves. Yeah, it sounds like it's a, a similar environment that's being built now and it's being really strengthened by the fact that they have like eight coaches out on the ice, which is new for hockey, but it's not new for other sports. Like you look at how football's yeah. coached or whatever. Oh, yeah. and. I mean, would I place money on the Canucks, you know, making like a conference final or something? Not necessarily. No. But let me tell you what I've been stroking my hard cock to about <laughs> hockey wise. My little my little my little fantasy for the Canucks. Yeah. They make the Stanley Cup finals. Okay. And you know who they're playing, Stefan? Boston. The Boston Bruins. Let's fucking do it. And they beat them in five. Oh my god. And you me. get to see Milan. Not only do you get to see Brad Marchand cry, oh, because Lucic, but you get on to see Lucic is back, and you'd get to see him cry, oh. and then you get to see oh. someone I don't know who pass the cup to the Sedins. Oh, oh, man, I get chills just thinking about it. I guess how would it work, right? Because like I think, like typically when they pass the cup, it's to like another player. So who? Yeah. I mean, okay. I. This is such. This is no. We can't do this. We can't do this. No. We can't <laughs> Come do this. Come on. It's fine. No. 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 It's fine. No. 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 This is different. No. We can't. We can't do it. I can't. I can think it, but I can't. No. 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 But look, uh, I will say the fact that we are even. Cros- Crosby's going to pass the cup to the Sedins. Well, okay. And- the fact that we are even <laughs> like thinking about this is fucking crazy, and it's like what what is happening to this team like i just it's uh, it's like stunning what's happening to the team and i i love it and you know will they stay at this pace forever i don't obviously not no probably not not. i I doubt they're like you know a historic team like those lightning or like boston last year or whatever i think they're I think we're going to have to buy our jerseys, man. I think. We're oh, gonna, absolutely. But, I might as well just buy it now. And I know, you know what? I'm I was happy. thinking of JT like, Miller is so cool. Yeah. You know, the <laughs> next, the the first game I go to this season, maybe I'll just buy the Hronik jersey while I'm there. Yeah, again, fuck Hronik's it, right? fucking cool too. So I don't yeah. care, you know? Um, but speaking of JT Miller being cool. Yeah. When 
I no one has ever gotten under Connor McDavid's skin oh my like that. God. It was that oh. was so awesome. And then I he comes it. back and he scores. Oh, oh, really good. I've been there's been an interesting thing with uh, the Canucks being good. Um, but I wanted to like kind of get out there too and ask your opinion on. So I was I was listening to Canucks conversation yesterday. Yeah, and they uh, they broke their record for like live viewers and like the live YouTube stream of it. And so it was like record viewers, and they thought it was because the the team is is like good. Yeah, our podcast we've had received probably like a twenty percent decrease in downloads. Interesting. Since they've been good, like less than in the regular season. So mm. I don't know if people are like listening to us to be negative, and now that we've kind of like I legitimately drank the Kool Aid. I think that is part of it. Is that especially last year the Canucks were so dramatic that people were like, oh, we need their reaction to this. But, and like, but here's the interesting thing. Yeah. Last year, whatever something that was that we'd perceive as bad happened, yeah. Boudreaux firing like the the Hronik trade. So a big uptick in Patreons. Hmm. And okay. we've also seen that since they've been on their winning streak. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So like the people well, thank that you, are everyone, you know Yeah, which by the way, because this is a a regular app patreon.com slash i hate this team yep. weekly bonus episodes and discord access which has also been really fun the as discord the game has happened like i i always say know, that every week but it, it really is like watching the game in there the game day threads are really really fun we have the game day channel it's great there's lots of fans of other teams in there too there's lots of fantasy hockey talk it's a lot of fun i like i really do highly recommend if you're if you're looking for a place to talk about hockey the hate this team discord is really good so join the patreon it's super fun and again like i'm not really on Twitter as much anymore. Although I do want to, I do want to mention it was nice quote tweeting an Edmonton fan to make fun of them. Like that felt so oh, good. To yeah, do. It's, oh yeah. It's so God. fun. <laughs> oh, it's great. Cause they're the other fans are so pissed. Cause they're like, where were these Canucks fans the last 10 years? It's like, well, where the fuck do you think we were? We were making yeah. fun of our own team. Cause they sucked. Why yeah, would I we make fun of another? Ourselves. Why would I make fun of another team? Our team fucking sucked ass for a decade. What, what are you talking about? They're like, why weren't they making fun of us then? Cause we sucked. What are you talking about? Now they see you know what good. when you it's, were losing, I was still making fun of you. That's true. I do want to be clear. I'm, I was still making fun of the Oilers when they lost, which was often. Um, but it's it's just I think what's really good about being a Canucks fan, and I've said this before on Twitter and probably on podcasts at some point, but it's that we do sort of have a bit of a god mode like invincibility thing, where mm-hmm. anytime another you know team's fans try to make fun of Canucks fans, it's like what what can you possibly say? Yeah, to hurt us you, that you the can't Canucks hate have them an, more than I do. That's exactly it, right? Like if if they're like, oh, the Canucks are. It's like the funniest thing right now is everyone being like, oh, w- wait till those fans get hit by the regression. Wait till wait till the PDO goes down and the Canucks are bad again. And it's like, do you think we're not? You think we're not used to that? We're all expecting that to happen. Like, what do you what do you think? Who do you think we are? We're we're Canucks fans, right? And I mean, I love seeing the riot jokes once in a while too, because my favorite thing, if you're a Canucks <laughs> fan listening to this and let's say you're at work or something and a fan of another team makes a riot joke, the, the go-to thing for me is always saying, well, I guess our fan base just cares enough to burn down our entire city. You know, it's mm-hmm. cool that our fans did that. And your fans, I guess they just don't care enough. That's kind of Fair sad, weather. you know? Because that, that's the other thing, right? Is like what the, the two things you'll get are and they're so contradictory, right? You'll get, uh, you guys are Fairweather fans. You don't care about your team. Oh, and also you burn down your entire city because of your team. So it's one or the other. You got to pick one, yeah. right? It's, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> we're literally, we're legitimately, I, I really think as Canucks fans, invincible. 
I, I don't mm-hmm. I like I don't know what could be said. Like even seeing like footage of the Bruins winning the cup, it's like it like hurts and it's like I'm not over that. But like at the same time, it's like I think in my head I've kind of accepted like they're probably never going to win. So let's just have some fun. Well, until this this is our until year. Until this year. This might be the year, yeah. But it's oh it's so much fun. I I said it, it's so much fun getting into it with fans of other teams instead of our own team's fans like i've yeah i've been seeing which i've seen a little there's been a little bit about that a like some bit. uh some some jim benning uh oh i've seen apologia. some people i've i've seen some uh people saying this is all this was all jim benning's plan this is all because of him that's fucking insane but you know what it's the vibes are so good i'll tell you can say that go ahead you know i'm not i'm not gonna try and throw back in your face you have been wrong for a decade if you want to yeah, pretend to be the, right now, go ahead. I'm not going to stop you, you know? Because the other thing like, is, like, no one ever said that Jim Benning picking Quinn Hughes and Pedersen was, like, a bad thing. Or, like, picking Demko was a bad thing, right? No. Uh, not to get into the fact that, like, was he going to pick those players necessarily? Did he want yeah, other players? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, he wanted Cody Glass. Yeah, did he want Cody Glass, you they know? They only got Hughes because Iserman fucked up big time. Yeah, like, and Arizona fucked up big time. And, I mean, yeah, Hughes falling in their lap. Even the Demko pick... Look, I hate Jim Benning. You guys know that. And like, I'm not, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to praise him at all. But even something like the Demko pick was like, okay, well, you picked like the highest rated goalie in the second round. Like, that's not like a crazy steal. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like, that's a, that's like an average pick to make. You know, I'm glad he did the, it. But things I have to shout him out for yep. uh, the Demko deal. Good deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Easily could have blown up in his face. Yeah. Um, I wish the Quinn Hughes deal was longer. I wish that Better was Better than longer. nothing. Yeah. Hate his ass for the Pedersen bridge. That sucks. But Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Pedersen yeah, bridge Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the Cap Friendly page and, like, how much of the team is Benning's team, right? Like, yeah. Like, I, he signed the Demko and the Hughes contract, and he acquired Garland. And, and I guess he signed the Pedersen contract as well. Yeah. But every... And Tyler Myers. Yeah. Yeah. I but mean, yeah, everybody else has been like, uh, has been signed yeah, by JT this Miller was, was resigned by this JT management. Miller, yeah, Brock Besser. Which, by the way, came in under this management. Mikheyev, JT Miller, I'll say, you know, right off the hop, that deal is looking a lot less bad because I think the worry was that he might fall off like immediately. Yeah, but like instead, instead, he's getting like Selkie talk, which is fucking crazy. Mind you saw him last year. Like, like, talk about like, us being wrong about things. I th- is it just that him is... deciding? Is it just him deciding to work hard? Because that's kind of what it seems like, right? Yeah, like I, I think that Talkit is probably just the perfect coach for him. Yeah, because he's like a no bullshit tough guy that's like been there before. And if like uh, JT Miller is like admittedly like he says all the time that he's like a very emotional guy. So having someone there that can like gut check him, I think, is probably a really good thing like that the whole benching for a couple of minutes uh whatever game that was where he took the three minor penalties yeah um i I think that just like speaks to you know the way that they're being coached right now which again that's something that i think is sustainable yeah you're talking about the regression argument and it's like it's a it's a the gambler's fallacy i think that's the right fallacy i think certainly some type of fallacy to say well if they've been this good that means they have to also be exactly this bad right after when they regress, which I don't think is like no, true at they all. Can like regre- I, they can regress down to like 
average and still yeah, be can, like good, you know? Yeah, like they can regress to maybe Demko isn't going to be this superhuman for an entire season. Yeah. But you know what? Quinn Hughes is still going to be really fucking good. Like maybe they're not going to get like what's the regression? Like the, the the Dallas game, right? Like I think regression for this team is uh Demko doesn't save that insane Wyatt Johnston. And they they might be down one nothing. Sure. Or maybe he, he makes that save but then they get one of those chances early in the second and it's 2-1 instead yeah. of like 2 nothing. Like I think that's what regression is going to look more like or maybe Pia Suter doesn't you know, get the easiest goal in the world against Stuart Skinner do, do you know, do you on know that rush, right? You know like, I think it's small things around the edges like that that, yes, does affect games, but doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be fucking awful. You mentioned this a couple episodes ago about Suter being like going on hot streaks and looking on. Yeah. And he has what, three goals in his last three games? Very prescient since, of me. Since you mentioned that. Yeah, nicely done. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he's never going to get scored on or he's never going to go goalless again. Um, I guess it'd be it'd be nice if Bovillier could take that up. But I guess on the Bovillier thing, let's talk Teddy Bluger. Yes, I guess he had a really good practice today. He apparently passed like some test with stops and starts that they wanted him to do, and it looks like what was the he's injury? Gonna get do we know what the injury was? Ankle. Okay. I, I want to say it's ankle, but I mean, don't quote me on it. Uh, looks like he's going to be drawing into the lineup, which. Is great for the penalty kill. Great to have like another center that you like don't mind putting out there against Tufts. But I mean, this whole lineup has been firing. So who do you take? Because there's obviously not anyone from the top six coming out, which leaves you the bottom six. Yeah. I mean, where I we th- have. I think it's Beauvillier. It's Beauvillier or like Joshua, maybe. Lafferty, yeah, and, like- Lafferty and Hoaglander are like too good together. Right. Yeah, they've been excellent together. Like yeah. Hoaglander has earned every second of ice time he's got. Like yeah. he was very good in that Edmonton game again. He has what three goals on the year. Yeah. And it seems like I mean he's twenty two years old. Like you want to develop him with like consistent ice time every night, especially if he's earning it. Uh, which I think he and it, like he's one of the few offensive threats that they have in the bottom six, like reliable offensive threats. Yeah. For generating. No way you're taking out Lafferty. He's been just as good. Yeah, Which, he's he's Lafferty what, has been unreal. Like he's what, what so did, good. What did the uh, Leafs pay to acquire him? Oh, from, they, uh, they got Chicago. him at the deadline. I think. Let me. Let yeah. Because uh, I feel like it was quite a bit that they paid. I want to say it was like a couple of picks or something. Let's see. I think on does Cap Friendly show transactions? Yeah, it does. Okay, here we go. Trade history. Um, it was, oh, cause that was part of the Jake McCabe deal too. So, so the Leafs got uh, two conditional fifth rounders, Sam Lafferty and Jake McCabe for a conditional 2025 first top 10 damn. protected. Wow. Jesus Christ. I guess Jake McCabe is, is pretty solid. Uh, a 2026 second. I mean, those are so far down the road, really, right? Mm-hmm. And then two like AHL guys, it looks like, uh, or okay. two minors guys. But like, yeah, I guess the big piece there is the 2025 first. Um, I remember there being a lot of hype like about him coming over in that deal. Uh, I think people were comparing it to um, like Yarncroke going to, uh, or not Yarncroke, like Hagel going to to Tampa, Tampa. Bay, like yeah. that type of deal. And like, I think quite clearly he isn't that type of player but 
He's been fucking rad for Dude, a fifth round pick. Ooh. I mean, I'm ooh. I'm all I'm I've completely changed my tune. And I I guess I kind of started doing that earlier this season, but Yeah, I think I, you were you were your first to market changing your tune on this. Yeah, like I I do think like if you can get players like this for like a fifth rounder and especially if you're in this position right now. I mean, the issue is maybe if you're like total dog shit, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Although San Jose, you know, San Jose gambling on Kalen Addison, like that makes sense. I I also feel like we do want we do have to do the San Jose update at some point. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll get to that later. I I got some stuff to say about that. But yeah. Yeah, Lafferty is like that's that's who you I, you know, I not to I think the problem when the Canucks were doing this for like the with the Tyler Mott trade, right? Was like yeah. that was when they should have been targeting picks and 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 looking for value that way. And like now it makes total sense to do something like that, right? Like a a fifth rounder, sixth round. Who the other like you will just get you will just pick up fifth and sixth rounders as mm-hmm. as you move through the year, right? Like you can just you can get them at the draft. I know it's expen like it's expensive, or you can just trade like you know. A pick, a pick or two from next year for a pick or two this year. Like, Curtis and just, Lazar. And just keep doing that. Like, yeah, you're you're going to get those picks back. Like, that's going to even out, generally speaking. Um, so yeah, I mean, Lafferty has been has been fantastic. I mean, I I I, I keep bringing it up, but like their pro scouting has just been so good. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Have what what's been their biggest miss in terms of pro scouting? I guess like Riley Stillman. <laughs> Yeah, Riley Stillman probably. Who they, who they just got rid of when they realized he sucked. So like, yeah, like maybe Curtis Lazar. He wasn't what they thought he was going to be. Yeah. But, but again, I think they that got made a fourth sense. For him, so yeah, uh, Dickinson. That yeah. was that was a betting. That was a acquisition. Betting, it was a betting trade. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Dermot maybe. Yeah, but even even with someone like Dermot, but he was, was, was he was just was hurt, injuries, right? right? So like, injuries. who yeah, knows same. how that would have panned out if he if he did get to play. Yeah, as much like to like Stadnika to some extent, but, but even even he's he's been way better this year. Better this so. year, and like you know, I I think obviously you're not gonna you're not gonna bat a thousand on every free agent acquisition or no. trade target or you know whatever you want to say, but like they have been, it's really high hit percentage on their acquisitions and their mm-hmm. targets and. It it is you know I'll, I say it again like the reason why I'm fine with them trading the first this year like going for a bigger trade is because they've shown they know who to target right like yeah. I think it, this is something you did see to an extent with Pittsburgh over the past like decade right like obviously they made some bad moves you know bringing yep. in like a Branson Jack Johnson whoever else they you know they've made some stupid moves too, but like, but it's they why, also did like Nick Benino and yeah, it's why there's the ongoing recurring bit on hockey Twitter of the, uh, the penguins always calling up a guy from the AHL called like, what I forget what the, I forget what the fake name is. I think it's like Mark donk, uh, but it's like, they, <laughs> the, seen the penguins always call up a guy <laughs> called like Mark donk. And then he scores like 30 goals for them next year. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, that's that's the type of pro scouting I want on the Canucks. That's the type of pro scouting they need because they, mm-hmm. you know, you've brought this up a lot of times. They need to like mine as many like little victories as they can, right? Um, yeah. And that's where they're going to do it. So, which like tying it back to this bottom six, right? Like, yeah, they're obviously not taking out Suter. So we we have Suter, Hoaglander, Lafferty. They should all be there. So who does that leave? Um, Beauvillier, yeah, Dakota Joshua. Joshua. Who's been and better? Who's the I other think? guy? 
Oh, Joshua had a great game against Edmonton, yeah. I thought. Like, after he's come back from that scratch, like, he has yeah. been playing the game that he needs to play. Yeah. Oh, and Connor Garland's the other one. It's You're Garland. not scratching Garland. Like, Garland's been fine. Yeah. Like, it's weird that he hasn't scored since, like, the first goal of the season, but he's played well. So, I'm sure that's going to come as well. And, like, Garland's another guy that seems to go through, like, these long 10, 15 game goalless stretches. And then he, like, scores a bunch. And at the end of the year, he has, like, 25 goals or whatever. So, yeah. I think I'm that's the worried. thing is, and, like, like the Canucks are doing this well and Garland isn't doing that much. Right. And, yeah. and he, if he just goes on one of his like random heaters, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's so, so nice like, I, I mean, have. yeah. Uh, so I think it really comes down to Beauvillier and Joshua, which is difficult because like the Canucks need Joshua's size, like his penalty killing, uh, talents are kind of negated by Bluger coming back. Yeah. So you can, I guess, stand to lose him there, but there's, no one really on the Canucks that can, you know, throw the body around like Joshua does. Yeah. And similar, like Bovillier then I think would be like the more obvious one, but if the Canucks do want to make a trade, which from everything we've heard, they want to do. And like, yeah, uh, Dolly wall mentioned Bovillier's name is a name that's been out there, which makes sense, right? Like $4 million expending you or expiring UFA doesn't really have a place where he needs to be in the lineup yeah are are you gonna healthy scratch him for the optics because that's gonna make it seem like oh well if we're taking that guy you have to add a sweetener in so like i don't know if they're gonna do that either i i think like yeah it's a it's kind of a tough situation to be in because bavillier hasn't been good he hasn't been like awful because he's not getting the most ice time or the, the best deployment or whatever but um you're right in that, like, if you scratch him, it's like, okay, well, you're going to get, not that you were going to get a lot for him in a trade before, but now it's going to be even harder to trade him for anything at all, even though he has, like, a favorable contract for a trade, because he's a UFA this year, right? Mm-hmm. He's not making a ton of money. It's a much Which easier contract. Which does make contract. it seem like a pretty big blunder that you had to take back that money in the Horvat trade instead yeah. of retaining or whatever you had to do in order to make that happen. I, I think the thing with Beauvillier is that they can, I think cause they have one uh, spot left to retain. I'm pretty sure. But I, I, if they retain on Beauvillier, that's a bit easier, right? Because then it's just up at the end of this year, you know? Um, yeah. So if, if you're, whereas retaining on Garland, that's another what, three years. So like you retain on Beauvillier, it, it stings a little bit this year. Well, who but are they retaining able, on? Uh, OEL still technically right or like well, that's not a retention oh, that's not, spot that's, that's not retention, just dead right, cap yeah. no no yeah Arizona was retaining on OEL yeah yes which they're, is very funny yeah are they retaining on retain- anyone no, anymore they're, maybe they're, they're not no, yeah no because they because Horvat was last year and then he, and Horvat he signed. was last year yeah did they retain on any other deals last year I don't think that, and, but no, it wouldn't make a difference so. at this point yeah let's see um Canucks for salary retention Let's see. As well, while you're looking that up, like my kind of thought was like, maybe just leave Bluger until he's like 100% ready to go. Yeah. Or like maybe there's a loss and someone looks bad and then it's like, oh, obviously you're taking out, you know, yeah. Joshua because this or that. They, right. They do have three retained salary spots. I was I was confusing it with like the buyout stuff. Yeah. No, I, it it yeah. got me at first, too. Yeah. But like if you're able to move off of Beauvillier. Yeah. Um, I don't know like who you get back. if It's like a hockey trade or whatever because the whole thing is they want to clear up like a million and a half in cap room yeah uh which i assume is for ethan bear who knows i i guess so i mean dolly all today was saying that 
they there's guys in the AHL they want to bring up too, which you have to yeah, assume which is you, like Baines, RSD Baines, right? Like I would if you can love bring up to see him up there, if you can oh, bring man. up Baines and he has like based on how he's playing, like the same if not better impact that yeah. like a Beauvillier has, like in case of injury, I guess because I don't think you're scratching anybody in favor of yeah. Baines, and he's doing it for like eight hundred thousand. That's that's awesome. That's like that's what huge. you need, right? Yeah. So, like I. I hope that we do see something like that materialize uh, as long yeah. as they're not adding in like crazy sweeteners uh, or like, I don't know, but there's also talk from Dolly wall again today about they're interested in Tanev and Zadorov. Yeah. I, I Zadorov, podcast, I like, he's, so Zadorov's a free agent, right? Yes. He's also a pending UFA. Okay. Uh, he's a left shot, but he is another guy that can play both sides. Okay. Which I mean, talk has been hesitant to do. Yeah. I remember we recorded a podcast probably a year ago and the Canucks were like really bad. And I just watched a, a flames game Yeah, and was like paying really close attention to their defense. And I came on here and said like Zadorov would be the second best defender on the Canucks. If he joined the team today, he's yeah. good. Big body. Is he, uh, a le- is he a lefty? Yes. Which is fine. Yeah. He's you, can, you can shift someone over. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah, liked his. Uh, I liked his interview where he was like, "We're playing like absolute shit." Yeah, no, he seems like a good like guy to have in the room as well. Yeah, like I, I think, given my pick, I would still take Tanev because you know there's chemistry. Yeah. Uh, you know he's like respected around the league, and he also plays right side. Yeah, but the thing with those two players is, you could also just sign them as free agents. Yeah, so I. Obviously, Calgary is going to try and get as much value out of them as possible, but you're sure shit not giving up your first for that, right? Like, yeah. I could see, like, what it, what did they get for Shen? A third? Uh, I think it was a th- was it a third or a fourth? Let's see, Luke Shen trade. It was a third, I think, right? Yeah, because they, they yeah because yeah, they had all yeah. the, all those third round picks and they got yeah. Rustevich in the, in the draft. Yeah, so. I don't know if you can do it for like a third and a fourth and you send over like Beauvillier to make the money count or they were reta- like, I don't know yeah. exactly how it would work out. Yeah. But even if it was like a second and you get it, I'm probably okay with it at this point. This cause like, I don't know the team's doing so well and yes, it's November 8th, but I don't see any reason why they can't continue these, these efforts. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, <sighs> I, everyone keeps saying like, you know, wait for the regression, wait for everything to kind of come crashing down. Right. But mm-hmm. I, I, and I'm not saying they're again, that they're going to keep playing. Except well, it's like I said earlier, this, right? Like but, with regression, it's like, yeah. okay, maybe like you're not said, getting not like, go like this opposite. fantastic. Say, yeah. It's yeah. not like suddenly they have to be losing 10, one because they want a game 10, one. This is yeah. not how it works. It's just, yeah. Like maybe they'll get goalied against uh, San Jose and then they only win three, nothing or I guess three, one. Yeah. Bullshit goal. But um, like, I, I, yes, regression is going to happen and maybe that'll affect like the, uh, well, it will affect like the goal differential that's up there with the, uh, the 84, 85 Oilers. Yeah. yeah that'll but, come down a little bit, I think. Yeah. Another really interesting thing that I heard yesterday is people are wondering about strength of schedule, right? So the Canucks to this point have faced, this was according to Dom LeCision's model yesterday. Um, 
It was the 18th hardest quality of competition. Okay. It's like right in the middle. So like right in the middle. Yeah. And then the remaining strength of schedule, they have the eighth easiest. See, that's nice to hear. Yes. I, uh, I think the thing is it like, it comes it, with a little asterisk. Sure. I, I did post about this in discord. So I'll, yeah. I'm going to pull it up. The eight teams in front of them are like, it was LA. It was, it was basically teams in the West that play Chicago, right. uh, San Jose, a bunch. Um, Let's see. I I think it, the strength of schedule stuff is interesting because I've seen another stat that said like they've actually had the second easiest strength of schedule, but that's just that's just looking at how the teams they've played have performed so far this year, and it's not looking at like yeah. I think and stuff. Doms is based off of like the yeah. GSVA yeah. or whatever. So like Edmonton obviously still rank highly because they, they still play, have yeah. David and stuff. It, yeah. Whereas in, in this model, they've played Edmonton three times in San Jose once. And, and, the, and it's like, Oh, these, these, these teams are awful. They're this yeah. Edmonton teams, two, eight and one folks. Yeah. So the teams that had like that have easier schedules from here on out, according to Dom are Edmonton, LA, Seattle, Dallas, Winnipeg, and Anaheim. So like half the Pacific and half the, yeah. <laughs> the central. Yeah. But what this is why, you know, banking these points now is so important, right? Because, totally. Like, like you look at this road trip coming up. So they're playing Seattle, not Seattle. They're playing Ottawa tomorrow. Ottawa's on the second day, game of back to back. Yeah. Toronto on Saturday. That's the second game of back to back. And then Montreal on Sunday, which is the second day of a back to back for both teams. So they're going to all the teams they are playing are going to be tired on like schedule losses. Except maybe Montreal will just be as tired as you are. And yes, it's it's three games and four nights, but it's still a bit of a scheduling advantage for them, I would say. Yeah. Um, I do wonder who's going to get the call in net. So if yeah, this comes out tonight or tomorrow morning, this might be like a moot point already. But yeah, you dismiss definitely going to play one of the back to back games. You would imagine. Yeah. I, and I would imagine that you'd give Montreal him probably Montreal because. Well, Demko's always like fucking lights out against Toronto. So, yeah. and I, I think that'd be a great game to showcase him as well for like awards stuff or whatever, Absolutely. which yeah. probably isn't the team's biggest concern. No, I heard but that like Ian Clark has been very regimented with like when start should be and it's all planned out and they're not even really thinking about it of like what gives us the best chance to win this and get the points. They're just like, what's going to yeah. keep demko the best rested and best engaged yeah so i think the big question is who's playing tomorrow against ottawa yeah because uh, they have I had think, a, a few days off right and ottawa has not looked great so far mm-hmm. this year i think to smith against ottawa would make sense so you think to smith gets two uh well i i would even say to smith oh yeah because it, it's i thought it was monday was the montreal game i'm looking at the schedule now yeah i see so mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 toronto and then um yeah, no, I think in that case, you'd go Demko, Demko, DeSmith, right? Yeah. that I think that's the obvious one. I, I think is that there's a really like real chance that it is DeSmith, Demko, DeSmith, though. I guess it could happen. They, they don't want to push Demko too hard, which I like. The other thing is... Yeah, that, like, because like, the focus should be like having him healthy all year, like having yeah. him ready for the playoffs. They've if, got a back-to-back next week as well, right? Like They play the Islanders at home on Wednesday, and then mm-hmm. they play in Calgary on the Thursday. Um, so 
you know, obviously just well, going to get one of those games. That's too, interesting as, so. oh, and I'm going to be at that game on Thursday. So there you go. I know John, our friend John Dome. Cullen was just at the game last night. Dude, I got um, a, a fucking email from it. I know you, you, you have a, 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 you've pledged fealty to seat geek dating back to the real good show days. That's right. Well, but, no, they, uh, they fucking, they dropped our ass. So you can talk shit. on. Oh, really? If you want. Yeah. They should give us money. They should. They dropped our ass because Jesse came on and um, was like, it was like during an ad and he was like talking about how much he hates live sporting events. <laughs> and that was like, during That's pretty, the, I'm during impressed the ad. they listened to it. Well, um, it took them like two years to ever listen to one. And then the first two they listened to, one of them was me saying that um, Adolf Hitler would use all of their competitors and then like, yeah, t- Ticketmaster yeah. and shit. I was like, that's Hitler would use that. He wouldn't, he would never use SeatGeek. SeatGeek is, is great. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that's a positive personally. And then, yeah. and then the second episode was, I think they gave us a warning for that. And then right after that, Jesse came on like during the ad read was like, I fucking hate live events and sporting events. They, they're it's fucking trash. And then they emailed us and we're like, well, okay, we're dropping you guys. Um, I, we, so uh, FYM, right. We, uh, one of the guys that we watched Vince, he, you're familiar oh. with, he's the juggalo, the sex doll guy. Oh, I love Vince. Did he get a new doll? No, he's doing a poll. Uh, like he's I doing like I've a seen this an on elimination Instagram. thing. Yeah, yeah. so it, it, he on Instagram I've seen this he's on like, like your story and like Tom's story. Yeah, um, so he's picked out four potential sex dolls that I think he's going to have the money to buy in December. Okay, and he's doing like a kind of a bachelor thing, and so he okay. like posts up bios of all the dolls, and the bios are are really funny. They're very hard to read on Instagram, um, but. Uh, I was like, also there, it's like somewhat offensive. Like one of the dolls is like a, a black doll. Yeah. And the whole thing is just about like, I would love to be Vince. Vince's like uh first black girlfriend. Oh my God. I would uh. love to be with a white guy. Like it's really, <laughs> really strange shit. But oh anyways, <laughs> um, our videos watching his, his documentary, my, my relationship with a sex doll. Um, did pretty good on YouTube, like 20,000 yeah. views or whatever. Like got some yeah. traction. I've been getting a lot and of your guys' videos recommended recently and nice. watching like the old VODs and it's so oh, much fun. The, I, the one that we released yesterday, which is um, Outlaw interviewing people at the Comic Cons that he oh, went to. I can't watch those. Is, is that, is that the one is, that you said Tom like lost his mind during or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, no, it is so uncomfortable. Oh, um, no. It, <laughs> It, it's something else like we posted a clip of it on twitter like he is wearing uh so he's interviewing like the marketing director for like rose city comic-con oh. and she's wearing uh it's like rose city comic-con t-shirt and it has like the duck from the university of oregon that's the right. ducks right yeah. yeah and it they ask like oh is donald duck on your shirt uh you guys have a sponsorship with disney and she's like no, it's uh, <laughs> University of Oregon. Like these guys are sports fans. Oh my it's, god, it is wild. And he, and he like, lives talks in Washington. To... Like, th- yeah, they're no, like he, huge he rivals. Know. Like, yeah. Um, Holy fuck, man! This oh is god. coming back to to the hockey sure, thing. Sure. I just, I, I just, I just gotta I, find my bearings. I can't um, watch. I can't watch Outlaw interacting with other people. It's so fucking difficult to watch. <laughs> so here's something. This actually came up in our chat. I was going to ask you about it. Like, not yeah. when we were recording a podcast, but. Someone thought it'd be a really fun idea for like a go off Kings, like sub goal that if you hit a certain amount, you ask on Tom or Alex to watch outlaw videos with you. 
Oh, we've we've like tried to avoid. I know. Watching. It's that is a. I I like that idea. I mean, we should come on FYM again and watch on a Sunday. Yeah, or that something. would also be fun too. But like, we're also avoiding him. Anyways, the <laughs> sex doll guy. We got an email from the sex doll company. Oh, asking what? to sponsor us. Oh my god! And so like they they're just like asking what our our rate is for ads or whatever, and it's like they want to like put the link to their sex doll website like in our link tree. It's not even like doing ad reads, but I want to be like. We'll do ad reads for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. That is, that is the best sponsorship ever. That's so um, fucking funny. How do they find you guys? Just because you were talking? I don't know. Them? Like, they're probably from the YouTube, right? Because that's where our and they obviously didn't watch the like, video. They just saw the title and saw which the is views. also very conceptually funny to be like, "Hey, we want to sponsor you for you reacting to somebody else's content." God, that's really good. But the reason why this is on topic, um, SeatGeek. Fans first. Good website for getting tickets because no hidden fees. You just the price that you see on the website yep. is like the price, and it's all in Canadian money, there you which go. they get you with I, on SeatGeek I and stuff. I hate SeatGeek showing the U.S. price. I hate that. I got an email from Fans First yesterday that you could get tickets to that Nashville Calgary Flames game for eleven dollars. Oh my god, man! Um. Oh. Granted, that's press level, which sucks. It's like yeah, John was uh, telling me about press level, which yeah, is literally like, isn't it blocked off like half the arena or something? Yeah, so if there's probably like twenty rows of uh, of of seats in the press level for at the Saddle Dome, because yeah. it's shaped like shaped like a saddle. Once you get up high enough, you're like looking at the part of the the saddle where you can't like see the ice. So yeah. I got world junior tickets in the, the second row of press level. Okay. And you could like see the players on the ice, like little ants skating around out there. You couldn't really make out like who they were, but if like a goal happened, you'd know to like stand up and cheer. And there's like three levels, like levels of seats, rows of seats. Yeah. Then there's like a kind of like path to walk through. And then there's like the other 17, let's say. The other 17, you cannot see the ice at all. You were just what they have screens up and you watch the TV. It's like watching the game in a bar, but like the game is also happening in the bar that you're in. So like, That's if so you're funny, man, if you're Fuck. a college student, cause those, they normally go for like 30 bucks or something. Yeah. Um, if you're a college student, then like, cool. You can go there and get fucked up. Or like if you're a kid or it's a playoff game and it's just like being there and the atmosphere, but like, yeah, I'm not here for, the atmosphere of a uh, a Tuesday game against the Nashville Predators no. where I can't actually see the play on the ice. Okay, what the fuck? They're selling tickets to the Vancouver game on the 16th for $60. Those are the cheapest ones? No, this is second level. This is like fine. Oh, wow. Okay. It's like a corner seat, but yeah. God damn. You're, you already have tickets, right? Yeah, I fumbled yeah. the bag here. Damn. Um. By the way, this we... Briefly touched on this earlier. It's very funny that this this just came up. Taj just posted this. I mm-hmm. guess he's listening to a Canucks Central interview with Trevor Linden. Okay. Uh, Linden just, and again, I love Taj, but I, I'll, I'll wait until we hear the exact quote, obviously, but this is what mm-hmm. Taj is posting from Canucks Central. Linden is on there, and he just admitted it was if it was up to Benning, he would have probably taken a different player than Pedersen. Linden said he pushed for Brackett to have the final say in 2017 because he didn't like how 2016 went. Oh my God. There you go. 
Makes sense. I mean, it's kind of what we all knew. And that's like in line with what we heard before. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this is the Taj tweet. Lyndon just ethered bending on 650. Holy shit. (laughs) I can't wait to listen to that later. That rocks. There was... Man, Taj's tweets from the Edmonton game were so funny. There was one that I was thinking about today, and it's just like slipped out of my head now. But, uh... I love when you talk (laughs) shit about McDavid. It's so good. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It was the poll of... I think this was Taj. Um, yeah. Would you trade Dempo for McDavid? Yes, no, Pedersen's better. <laughs> it got me so good. <laughs> um, unrelated, but uh, yeah. Tyler Myers goaded? Yeah, I mean, he's been much better since he decked Pedersen on that penalty kill that one time. Yeah. I will say, I am seeing people now in the media and on twitter saying what if they resigned him for like two years two million dollars a year no no two million is too many no look i like that he's playing better now i don't think this is going to last either and no we can that, do better. that feels like something that's going to regress <laughs> I, look so like if, if he plays like this the rest of the year that's great but i still don't want to resign him and there's no offense to him i know he loves it in bc uh no it's not it's not happening it's over after this year sorry <laughs> If he keeps playing like this, I am happy with one year, 1.5. Well, the other thing is, like, you don't have to rush to trade him now, right? Because before yeah. it was like, we need to get this guy off our team because of how bad he's playing. But now he's, like, playing pretty decent. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, now we don't have to. Um, I, like, he played a few more minutes against Edmonton, but, like, him playing third line minutes with, like, next to a solid defensive partner is, yeah. like, absolutely fine. Yep. And I think that was, like, kind of the argument before is, like, if, if, Myers was a third pairing defenseman on a good team. You're not going to notice him. And well, he's a third pairing defenseman on a good team right now. So yep. I, I think that's uh a okay. Yep. Now uh, um, I do want to, I do want to bring up the San Jose Sharks. Yes. Let's go around the league. Um, so they, they beat Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that's interesting with them. So they, I mentioned before that they traded for a Kalen Addison today. They traded a fifth round pick for Kalen Addison. Who's now, like their best defenseman by far and yeah. will clearly Goodbye be the to... PP1 guy. Yeah, uh, Burroughs, I'm sorry. Burroughs on the PP1 yeah, is, is shot, no longer but... happening. Um, I just I just think like, I wonder if, because I don't know if you read the Athletic article about it where Mike Greer basically called out the entire team and the coaching yeah, staff and I... was like, uh, look, we know they're going to be bad, but this is like fucking insane and unacceptable. Sorry, everyone. And it almost seems to me like, like, did the NHL like yell at them after the two 10 goal losses? And they were like, you guys need to get your shit together. Like, we, like, we know what you're doing. We know you're losing on purpose, but can you at least like what? pretend to try? Like, what would the repercussions be? I don't we're think we're just going to we're going to call up some guys from the Barracudas and send I, you bums down. Like, yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like they there's no punishment for like openly tanking, right? Like there's nothing in the yeah. rules that says you can't openly tank like that right but you you get the feeling that like something was said to mike Greer, maybe yeah where they were like bro like look we know you're trying to get a guaranteed top three pick we understand that's how it works but can you at least kind of pretend to have an nhl team you know like Mm -hmm. and that's maybe that's where like a player like bovillier needs to go you know like this is like a great year for san jose to tank because like, oh, who else do you think is going to be in the bottom three with them? That's a, like you Chicago's. Look, Chicago's quite bad. Chicago probably, but like Chicago's better than a lot of the bad teams last year. Like 
Oh yeah, I mean last year was a little over, different, right? Because of Bedard. Like, do you think guess, Chicago right? will finish over seventy points? Oh, I don't think so. They're they're no. pretty bad. Like like they are. They just have no depth, is the thing. But like you know, a team like Anaheim, I think will eventually fall off. Like Montreal, I don't think they're going to be bottom off. three though. No, I think and bottom I three. I would say bottom three would probably be, um, I mean, San Jose, obviously last I'd say mm-hmm. San Jose, oh, let me, what are the standings right now? Cause Columbus hasn't looked too good. Yeah. Columbus, you'd think would be down there. They're 23rd right now. Um, it's San Jose, Edmonton, Chicago, Ottawa, Calgary, Nashville, kind of surprising Pittsburgh, Seattle, Philly, Columbus, St. Louis, Washington. Montreal. I, I, I feel like Montreal gets down there. I think Montreal gets down there. I mean, Chicago only has eight points, right? They're four and seven. Like, I think yeah. a team that I've mentioned them before, but a team I could see just completely collapsing as well as Washington, because um, they're an older team. Yeah, I mean, they did injuries. that last year as well, right? Yeah. So they're right now they have eleven points, but uh, minus the, nine goal differential. They're they're not a good team. Like they're Those they are, are a bad team. So I, I would I would guess. They will fall off too. I think bottom three, though, probably some combination. I mean, I think it'll be San Jose, Chicago, like Philadelphia, probably yeah. is, is my guess. Um, Calgary might be a dark horse too, I man. If, especially if they sell off, right? But there's like, like, there's definite last year Canucks vibes where you look at them and you're like, based on true talent, they're not a bottom five team. But like, if they if they do the right thing, like if they don't, you know, bring in a Bruce Boudreau and try like get some good vibes and win that way, and they actually sell off like their defensive core and Lindholm and stuff. I, I could see them finishing that low. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're looking like absolute shit right now with those players. Uh, one, so. two in a row. One, uh, two in a row. Did you, did you hear the news? Not the news, but what happened in that game yesterday? I didn't see. Well, I know Huberto got benched. Yeah. Like I didn't want, they were down two nothing. Huberto yeah. got benched. And they went four two with Huberto on the bench. That that's, is nutty. That's not <laughs> like, that's not good like if you're him, are though. you cheering on the bench? I guess so because it's your team winning, but you're probably pretty fucking bummed out. And like the coach Woodcroft, that no Woodcroft is the Edmonton coach. Who the yeah. fuck the new Calgary coach is? Yeah, he was asked about it after the game. He was like, "Oh yeah, this happens all the time." And then people on Twitter went in and looked, and you're like, "He hasn't been benched since like 2018." <laughs> God, I, um, here's the, here's the quote. By the way, here's the Linden quote. Okay, let's hear it. I wasn't happy with our process in 2016. I did not like how our meeting went. I pushed Judd Brackett to put our thoughts and feelings on the table. Jim wasn't sold. If he had his choice, he probably would have taken different players. Referring to 2017. I mean, that's about as clear as it gets. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. If Lyndon Lyndon just keeps blowing up Benning's spots... Oh, man. Like I just, oh, it's really they, good. They got to get Benning into Edmonton and fix this whole mess. Yep, I agree. Through the draft. Absolutely. Yep. Um, bring in Shirley again, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was a rumor today is that Edmonton's interested in uh, Bennington. I, that would be which, so funny. You, you that would be talk the about funniest a guy has, like, fucking meltdowns? shit in the world. Oh, yeah, my God. Like, please do. If there's oh. one thing you should add to that concoction is uh, paying assets to acquire Jordan Bennington. Like I, if they miss the playoffs, is Holland gone? Is I would ima- I would imagine. I, oh, I, man. I can't see him. I, I they, he would have to be. I think he, absolutely. That would be so funny. Like I am. Oh. If that that team because this is the resign 
or no, this is the offseason where they can re-sign Drysaddle, correct? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Hubert O, uh, first year of a, let me count, is it seven eight or eight, year, eight years? Eight, I think eight it's eight years. years. Yeah, 2030, 2031, and it's 2023 right now, so. So, that, 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 that's seven years, isn't it? Man, what a disastrous Anyways, contract. $10.5 million. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. Sorry, that no Linden quote. Clause. Yeah, seven that years. That quote seven is years. so nice to read because I think That's it was Drance, who, Drance or someone brought it up like three or four years ago. But it was always kind of like a thing where I was like, "Oh, well, Drance said it, so like he's he just has you know he, he just hates Benning, and that's why he's saying that. That's not actually yeah. true. But to hear Linden explicitly say that is so funny, man. Uh, man, I gotta. I'm gonna have to start wearing my Linden jersey again. Yeah, it's literally Linden. <laughs> Linden is literally saying. Benning was 2016, one one of the worst drafts in the history of the NHL, and then Judd Brackett was 2017 and I mean, 2018. If, if you're a Linden, like why wouldn't you do this, right? Oh, like you're a, a local hero legend, you're brought yep. in, your name gets sullied by being attached to fucking Jim Benning. Yeah, and then you you have to try and like get your image back, right? Yeah. So guys like me will wear the the navy to burgundy gradient linden jersey that they got in uh 2002 again i'll bring it back trevor just just keep talking shit on benning i i need to hear more i need to hear everything about him i need to yeah. hear about aquiline i need to hear about benning right fucking book. go scorched earth like do it i don't know if there's like an nda that just was is up now or whatever the fuck but just keep going crazy i want to hear you i need you to kick jim benning while he while people are sort of kind of praising him which yeah. is fucking insane oh boy uh, but then again if he does it too much, Benning might not get another job in the league. So oh, that's true. We really got to hold out for that in uh, yeah, in Ottawa. Yeah. Which did that happen since we recorded as well? That shit was fun too. No, I think that did happen. That was last week, right? Yeah, I think that yeah, was last that week. was last yeah. week. It was like that was like a week ago. Yeah, yeah. I I yeah. remember. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, awesome. Go Canucks. Go. Go Canucks. Go. Let's keep it up. Um, uh, we'll be back probably on on Sunday. I would imagine. Yeah, um, they play on Sunday too. Yeah, who knows play, what we'll do? What time do they play on Sunday? Uh, probably, see. hopefully early. It doesn't get in the way of my streaming. Uh, four p.m. Okay, that's five my time. Okay. Yeah, we'll probably record before that game for Patreon. unless you want to do like a late episode oh, or something. I have Monday off. Oh, okay. for Remembrance well, Day. Let's we can do, just record Monday then. Let's do Monday morning. Perfect. Yeah. Woo! All right. So we'll have three games Thank to you, talk vets. about. There you go. Thank you for all you've done. Uh, and uh, go Canucks go. And, and we'll we'll uh, we'll decorate our Christmas trees because we wouldn't want to disrespect them by, of course, putting our Christmas tree up before the twelfth. I I already put mine up. So that's that's like such a Canadian thing, man. <laughs> I, know. I know we were wrapping up, but like. I was, we talked about it on FYM and I'm like, do you guys have, cause what's the, the American one that's coming this weekend, like veterans day or something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Cause they're, they're like, they have Memorial day, which is like another vets one. And we have Victoria day. Yeah. But then there is a veteran holiday this coming weekend. I'm like, yeah. is that a thing with your Christmas tree? And they like, are like, what the fuck are you talking about? No. Cause I guess they but, have Thanksgiving after this, right? Yeah. So it's after but Thanksgiving like people, is when. But a lot of people put it up before Thanksgiving. That to me, see, if I was in the U.S., I wouldn't be putting my tree up now because it would be like Halloween, then yeah. Thanksgiving, then Christmas. That's you like have your split. cornucopia out. But up here, it's like Halloween, and then yeah, I mean Remembrance Day, but like no yeah. huge holidays really you're, until you're Christmas, not putting so. out Remembrance Day decorations. No. At least I'm not. I no, want to exactly. be like a, re, a, a poppy. So, yeah. 
I think if you're like a decorating guy, when you take down the Halloween decorations, you're not going underneath the stairs where Harry Potter lives like again in two weeks just to get the Christmas shit. Just do it all at the same time. Yeah. But no, like someone I I follow on Instagram that I used to work with was doing like an engagement bait. Like, when do you put up your Christmas tree thing? And they like screenshotted and shared like, you know, a dozen responses. And half of them were like, not November 12th, not after, not until after Remembrance Day. And it's like, come up at work and stuff and people are really passionate about this yeah which i don't think that like if i was a world war one vet i'm not going to be upset about people spreading yuletide cheer yeah well i think if you're a world war one vet you would be dead by now probably exactly so you know or like 120 (laughs) (laughs) hey uh as long as you're not eating uh sulfates yeah seed oils yeah that's right all right anyways we were wrapping up and uh we went on the the remembrance day rant <laughs> yeah right, bye, everybody. <laughs> bye everyone see ya <laughs> I'll be alone dancing, you know it, baby. Tell me your troubles and doubts, giving me everything inside and out. Love strings so real in the dawn. I think of tender things where we're working on. Slow change may pull us apart. When the lights get into your heart, baby Don't you forget about me Don't, 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 don't Don't you forget about me Will you stand above me? Look my way, never love me Your defenses, vanity, insecurity. Oh, don't you forget about me. I'll be alone dancing, dancing, you know it, baby. Going to take you apart. I'll put us back together at heart, baby. Don't you forget about me. Don't, 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 don't you forget about me As you walk on by, 